so I have a few Duke basketball fans in my life. And I like Duke basketball fans. Duke basketball fans, for the most part, are not too annoying to me. But I also have a few people in my life who like to make fun of Duke basketball. And specifically, um, the father of my girlfriend is a Duke basketball observer, but he likes to take his shots. He likes to talk his trash here and there. So this is his joke. This is his running joke. And he has done this uh, for as long as I have known him. Whenever Duke starts to play bad, he likes to make the joke, my back. In regards to Mike Krzyzewski, and I'll explain this. You may remember, oh gosh, five, six years ago where Duke was having one of their worst seasons under Coach K, and he missed a huge chunk of the season. It was something like 20 games because he was out with back problems. He had some back issues going on, and Coach K missed a big string of Duke basketball games. And so, thus spawned the joke, my back. Whenever Duke has something wrong going with their season, Coach K finds a way to get out of it. It seems like there's always an excuse. Uh, There's always a way for him to miss a few games. Or in the case of 2020, cancel the remaining three games on the non-conference slate of games for the Duke Blue Devils basketball team. If you missed it yesterday, Duke announced that it would not play any more non-conference basketball games this season, season quoting here, out of an abundance of caution due to the COVID-19 pandemic and to allow the Blue Devil student-athletes time over the holidays to spend with their families, okay? Uh, Coach K, his quote was, this is the best decision we could make as a program in making sure that we are doing the right thing for our players. This will allow our team to have time over the holidays to safely enjoy with their families. Uh, the kids need to be with their families at least for a little bit. la di da di da da So yesterday, as this happens, we hear from my girlfriend's father, my back, my back, my back. Because if you have been watching Duke basketball this year, we talked about this a little bit on, uh, I believe it was Wednesday of this week. Duke is bad this year. Duke has a bad basketball team. They are 2-2 two and two to start the season. And their most recent game, which they played, was on Tuesday night where they were handed a 15-point loss to the hands of Illinois. The jokes are there to be made. My back. My back. I am Coach K. This season is whack. I understand the the want to pile on to Duke and Coach K for canceling the three remaining non-conference games before the ACC schedule starts. By the way, an ACC schedule that starts um, next week in five days. They play on November on against Notre Dame on December the sixteenth, and then they'll be on a little break between the sixteenth and the 29th. I understand that the COVID-19 situation is real. And personally, I am very nervous and afraid for college basketball right now. I think they're going to get it figured out. But what I think we are witnessing as uh, numerous games are getting canceled daily, you have teams, Duke has been the first to do this, flat out cancel the remainder of their season. We've had college football teams flat out quit their seasons. Uh, Boston College, who was bowl eligible, announced yesterday that they're just going to forego the bowl season. They said, cool, season's over. We're done. I understand the severity of this, and I understand 
that or I think what's happening is now we are seeing okay, we figured out outdoor sports a little bit. We figured out how to minimize the risk for the most part, doing our best. Oh wait, now this is an indoor sport. Now we're moving to college basketball. Now we're even in more close contact, right on top of each other, indoors on a smaller court, smaller venue. You don't have the same air circulation as outside, all that. You understand the potential for more risk playing in an indoor basketball game as opposed to being outside and playing football. The issue I have with Coach K is that he's citing his reasoning here for being COVID-19 when he just played on Tuesday and he's playing again on Monday of next week and then he's going to turn around and play 10 days later again. If you're going to if you're citing the concerns and you want to state the science of it all, then I think you would, you know, maybe take into account isn't there supposed to be like a 2 week or a 10 day incubation period for these viruses? It seems like an excuse. It really does. It seems like an excuse. And the only reason I want to think like that, and it's actually been something I have enjoyed watching as the drama has unplayed, um, or played out rather, in front of our eyes as teams are being upset at other teams for canceling. It has been hysterical to watch Dabo Sweeney a few weeks ago who flat out called out the Florida State program for canceling a game against Clemson. He said they can cite... COVID-19, this isn't a verbatim quote, but Dabo Sweeney said they can cite uh, you know, COVID-19 precautions all they want, but let's be honest, they're probably just trying to avoid a butt kicking. And the game was postponed, or and then rescheduled, and then postponed and ultimately canceled again. Last week, Kirk Herbstreet made some people mad when he said he thought that Michigan was dodging Ohio State. And everybody got angry at Kirk Herbstreit for saying that. And he said, look, I've been hearing it from coaches. Uh, He said, I am hearing it from coaches. He didn't cite who, but he did one of those, you know, I'm connected in the biz. And uh, there's a real feel out there from a lot of other coaches at other big programs that think some programs and some coaches are using COVID-19 as a potential excuse if they want to dodge potential losses going down the road. (laughs) it's bizarre to me. But look, I'm not going to say Coach K is completely being untrue here. But if you're going to cancel three games, and and we're all giving credit, and it's not I don't think he's actually dodging anybody because the three games that they're now canceling and will not reschedule, um, they were supposed to play Gardner-Webb on the 19th, and then they've had a canceled game against Elon and a canceled game against Charleston Southern that were going to be postponed and rescheduled. Uh, now they are just not going to do so. So really the only game that was going to happen between when they play next week, the 16th, and when they play again on the 29th, there's only going to be one game on the 19th. I think this is just Coach K asking for a week and a half break for his players. I'm not saying he's he's scared of the losses on a 2-2 two and two team already. I'm just saying he is now at the point where he's like, look, these games aren't going to be worth rescheduling. Let's just take a 13-day break instead of splitting it up right down the middle with the game against Gardner-Webb. I digress here. I just found it very funny that Coach K um, is trying to get down in the mud with the rest of these. It's now trickled into college basketball. It's been in college football. 
they have been talking about other teams dodging other teams to avoid potential losses and using coronavirus as a way to manipulate their schedules and manipulate their ultimate outcomes. I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh is getting fired one way or the other, but if you were in Jim Harbaugh's position and you thought maybe there was a way you could squeeze one more year out at Michigan, don't you think an easy way to do that would be to just flat out avoid playing Ohio State at all? Just flat out avoid playing Ohio State at all. And what's great is the Big Ten as a league, as a conference, would be more than happy to oblige to canceling that game because the last thing they want you to do, Jim Harbaugh, is pull off some fluke upset of Ohio State and then the golden goose for the entire conference, Ohio State, who somehow with just five wins is placed in the conference championship and they're going to probably waltz right into the national playoffs as a 6-0 and team as a champion of the Big Ten. And it makes sense because they are the best team coming out of the Big Ten. I don't think there's any denying that, especially when that uh, QB Penix for Indiana went down with an injury a couple of weeks ago. Indiana may have been the second best team, probably was the second best team in the Big Ten. I don't even know who third best would be. Wisconsin, maybe? (laughs) So I'm not saying these people are manipulating things and saying and using COVID-19 concerns and precautions as an excuse. There is something to that. But they're so eager to take an abundance of precaution when it favors them, when it favors their end result, their bottom line on the win-loss column, if you will. They're so eager to make that concession, but when it comes to like, well, if you know, if it's a, if it's really a problem, if it's really a concern, maybe we should just scrap the whole season. No, 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 no. We don't want to go that far. We don't want to go that far because then we're talking about cutting the money and we're cutting salaries and we can't do all that. There's ad revenue that's tied up in these TV contracts. You can't touch any of that stuff. But if it means that Ohio State doesn't have to play an extra game and become concerned with the loss, fine. But if it means that Mike Norvell at Florida State doesn't want to be completely embarrassed by Clemson in his first season as head coach at Florida State, that's fine. We can take precautions there. Selfishly, I just haven't gotten to watch NC State basketball in like a week and a half, and I feel like I have some pent-up frustration because of that. But after seeing this, and admittedly, yes, there have been a lot more coronavirus-positive tests. We haven't really gotten any reporting if it's been Positive tests from athletes. The popular phrase that is being thrown around now is positive tests from a member of the travel party for these college basketball teams. But without a doubt, there have been positive tests all throughout college basketball already. And so, even though I don't think Coach K is necessarily doing this purely from heartfelt, concerned coach reasons... There is some of that, but I think it'd be naive to say that Coach K isn't also saying, you know what, we really don't need this. Um, Let's just hunker down, enjoy a nice two-week vacation. This season has not gotten off to the start that I need. He acts like he's going to send everybody home to go hang out with their families over Christmas break. You're kidding yourself if you believe that. That Duke basketball team, after starting 2-2 and and getting blown out by Michigan State and getting blown out by Illinois the other night, those fellas are going to be in the gym. They are going to be inside the bubble of Shersheskyville, inside the bubble of Cameron Indoor Stadium, until December 16th, next week. Because remember, like they said they canceled the rest of the games. They're, they're playing again on Monday. 
or Tuesday, whatever day the 16th is. And then they're playing again 10 days later. <laughs> they're not really shutting down the whole program for a real long time. The abundance of concern uh, seems to just be they don't want to go play these three other games. But that being said, uh, there's the big news. Duke, first ones to cancel the rest of the non-conference games. Would not be shocked at all if we see a lot more of that over the next couple of days. It's Christmas time. A lot of you, look, you have they look these college kids, these college basketball coaches are probably thinking the same thing as y'all. First four weeks of the season have been hella stressful. Three weeks of the season, whatever it's been. They're like Christmas time's right around the corner. We've got early conference play this year. Guys, let's just let's just shut it down for a week and a half. I'm not against it. I'm just saying let's call a spade a spade and let's just be completely honest about what we're doing here and not just, you know, COVID-19 isn't a trump card, but sometimes people kind of use it as a trump card, and no political pun intended there. Uh, this is the Sam Avila Show, by the way. Happy Friday to you. you got a fun show coming up today. We're going to talk to Carolina Oliveras today at some point. Um, do some NFL picks with her. We were off last week. We missed the picks last week, but we're going to bounce back today. She is kicking my tail this year, and she doesn't watch football, so I'm really enjoying that contest with her. Von Casey's going to be here with me this afternoon as well. Uh, in fact, I think Von's going to join us here in the very next segment. We're just going to talk some uh, general NFL, get you guys set for the weekend quick. Uh, we like to say the red zone whip around style coverage here that we do on a Friday afternoon. And we did it last week, bringing it back again this week. A brand new edition of Who Dat is going to be airing in the five o'clock hour. Uh, what else are we going to do? I'm, at some point today, I may get to Cam Newton. We talked a lot of Cam Newton yesterday. I asked Carolina Panthers fans to tune in last night and allow that to be the final the final showing of the breakup, the final step that you guys needed to get over Cam Newton. And I think I think I delivered. I think Cam Newton delivered on the death knell to this ongoing relationship between Panthers fans and Cam Newton. The guy was butt last night. There's no other way to describe it. He was butt. Bill Belichick says he wasn't benched. <laughs> right, Bill Belichick says that Cam Newton is still going to be the starting quarterback, but we saw Jared Stidham again, and we saw Cam Newton not be able to do uh, anything. In fact, Cam, uh, here's Bill Belichick after the game. It's a four-second clip. In typical Bill Belichick fashion, he was asked, so who's the starting quarterback? Yeah, great question, Mike. I'm really glad you asked that. Cam's our quarterback. Bill, I don't believe you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just flat out do not believe you. So we may talk a little bit more Cam at some point today, but want to make sure we got uh, more room to spread out and wanted to get to that Duke basketball stuff here at the beginning of the show. So um trying to think, is there anything else I need? This show, by the way, uh, today's sponsor, Toyota of Newburn. Hey, Toyota-a-thon, still going on right now at Toyota of Newburn. That's right, Toyota-a-thon. At Toyota of New Bern. And get this, a Toyota-thon is always like the biggest sales event at Toyota of New Bern, but they also do this own their own thing where they have the terrific end-of-the-year manager special deals. That's right. Some of their best year best deals, excuse me, stacked on top of the Toyota Thon deals. We're talking the brand new 2020 Buick Enclave Essence All-Wheel Drive. All the bells and whistles. They've even got some great used models. How about the super popular 2018 Subaru Crosstrek Premium? That's right. Safety first, everybody. Uh, head out to Toyota of New Bern. Great deals going on right now. Toyota of New Bern. 
Proud sponsors of the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. So buckle up. Going to be a fun afternoon. Von Casey joins me in studio next. This is the Sam Avila Show. Von Casey hanging out here with me this afternoon. Von, we are are winding down the NFL season. Some folks out there may have... Some fantasy football playoffs going on right now. Are you involved in any fantasy football playoffs? Are you waiting until next week? Are you positioned to have any semblance of success in any of your fantasy leagues? I went on a tear for a minute there in my fantasy football league. And I'm very proud of myself. I was on a seven-win win streak. Oh, wow. Until I forgot that the Chiefs were on by. And left in all of my Chiefs players and lost to a team that I shouldn't have lost to. I lost to a team with my quarterback, starting receiver, and tight end out by ten points. You lost by ten points. Yes. <laughs> so you, always, you have you have three Chiefs on your fantasy team. Yes. Just because I like to stack uh, when when but Mahomes is on. Who was the receiver? There's no way you got Kelsey Hill and Mahomes. I didn't get Hill, but I made up for it by getting Hopkins. Watkins. Yeah, I, I, no, I got Hopkins. Oh, okay. Uh, I got Hopkins, Hopkins to make up for that. And the other chief is my kicker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Buttkicker.com. Yeah. Harrison Bucker. <laughs> you've, you've heard that clip, right? Of Andy yes. Reid calling him yes. buttkicker.com. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, had, uh, I found out on Wednesday night that I made the playoffs in one league. So I, I was in three leagues this year, and I stretched myself a little thin. And uh, it got an email basically like, hey, don't forget to set your lineup. And I was like, lineup for what? I was like, my season's over. And no, I ended up, I was the last player to make it into the playoffs in a 12 man league. Shout out to uh, Steven Astor. I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm coming for that Astor. Yeah. Steven Astor. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm tied for where me, first place, second place, and I'm in third place are all tied for, yeah. for our playoff spot. We're all 10 and 3. So oh wow! After I dropped the Holy first, cow. yeah. After I dropped the first two games of the season, I've been on a tear. <laughs> I uh, I am in a league with my girlfriend and some buddies and their wives and girlfriends, and uh, it's just an eight man league. And so the top four make it. This is the last week of the regular season. She is in fourth. I am in fifth, oh. and we are playing one another. And the points and the tiebreakers will work out to where it is simply whoever wins makes it into the playoffs. So. Uh, going to be a stressful weekend in the Avalis household. Seems like for it. sure. Going to have to uh, have to make some moves there. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, do I just fall on the sword? Because my girlfriend is—I've talked about this uh, before. She is not a good sport. If she loses, like <laughs> she will not be happy yeah. until next season starts. And she is not rooting for me. I am not rooting for her. Uh, so I think I am just going to take the smart move and just tell her I don't care and do my best to beat the hell out of her. <laughs> In fantasy football. I'm not, yeah, in fantasy football. <laughs> Everybody make that abundantly clear. In fantasy football. <laughs> Only. <laughs> uh, let's get into just some, some quick NFL stuff here. Uh, some interesting games coming up this weekend. I want to start 1 o'clock in Charlotte. Okay. Carolina Panthers taking on the Denver Broncos, who hung with the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Chiefs only ended up beating them by four points, but this is a battle of four win teams, Carolina versus Denver. It sounds like Christian McCaffrey is expected to play this upcoming Sunday. I wish he wouldn't. Uh, Sounds like Dante Jackson is going to be back and healthy for the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, at this point in the season, I don't know what we really want from them. It's... 
we've we've seen enough to where we know going forward this team's going to be well coached mm-hmm. and they've got some young pieces in place already. Jeremy Chin uh just won defensive rookie of the year for the month of November. Mm-hmm. He also won it in October. He's the first NFL defensive player to ever win back to back rookies of the year. He deserved it. He's a second round really pick. Deserved it. Derek Brown's been playing good. Brian Burns is only in his second year. There are pieces littered all over this team. I wanted the over under was set at four this year for the Panthers. I thought they would finish with seven wins. They still can't get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Broncos, they have the Packers, they have the Washington football team, and the New Orleans Saints. So, certainly playing some. Uh, this is the easiest matchup they have yeah. the rest of the way. But do you want them to win or do you want them to lose? Are you at the point where you want to say, like, it, you know, it's, it's good either way? I think it's a win win for the Panthers because if you lose, protecting maybe a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. If you win, well, it's just more to get excited about. And, you know, there's always a danger of setting a culture of, like, we're trying to lose. And yeah. you wonder how that trickles down. You never want that. I don't think they are doing that. But what do you think? Yeah, I couldn't be higher on Matt Rule. Like, I, we, we've been, like, in love with Matt Rule, the job he's doing there in, in Carolina. I personally don't think that they're at all trying to lose. Right. Uh, I think – but – would I be mad at this team losing if I was a Panthers fan? Not at all. Like this, this organization showed a willingness to find talent uh, beyond the first round mm-hmm. and beyond the second round and beyond like <laughs> FBS football. Like Jeremy mm-hmm. Chin was an FCS player. Yes. <laughs> like it, 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 it takes a organization as a whole to actually do scouting well. And to know what's going to translate, right? Uh, and Rule and his team seem to be doing that great. You don't find Jeremy Chin on a top ten list last year. No, you don't. You don't do that. You don't do a little bit of googling. <laughs> like you actually have to go out there and do some groundwork to do that. And this this organization seems to want to do it. So a top ten pick in the hands of what the Panthers are building. Bolds well to their chances in the like next two or three years. Yeah, and I think I look at these two teams, and the positions that they're in are, are kind of opposite. It's got to make you feel good as a Panthers fan because I look at the Broncos and it's like, okay, you know, they did the thing with Peyton and they were close, and then they had this vaunted defense that was so good. Uh, and then Von Miller was hurt this year. Bradley Chubb was hurt last year. It just mm-hmm. seems like ever since that Super Bowl run. They've had issues all over the place. Yeah. They had a bad season last year. Four and eight so far this season. They're not sure if they've got a quarterback in the future in Drew Locke, but they invested an early second-round pick in him, so they've got to wait and see. Uh, Vic Fangio does not seem like he's cut out to be a, any sort of long-term no. winning head coach. One, because he doesn't win a lot. Two, because he's in his 70s. Yeah. You you look at the Broncos and you look at the Panthers, two teams that are in the exact same position record-wise, but the future for one team looks like it's trending upwards. The future for the other just seems to be clouded with question marks. I think that's my biggest storyline here in the game is Mm -hmm. this is just me comparing the Panthers at a watermark level. Where are they versus a team that has the same record in the NFL? Who would you rather be? Everybody, you can talk to anybody. They would take the Panthers right now 10 out of 10 times. And I think the Panthers are in a situation where they know that Teddy Bridgewater probably isn't the quarterback mm-hmm. of the future. Right. But Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable quarterback for the time being. Drew Locke 
you like you said, you invested a second round pick in him. You want him to be your quarterback of the future, and it's kind of what you're hoping for. You're hoping to see something. I think they got a taste of it last week, mm-hmm. where you hold the juggernaut of the NFL to within four points. Oh yeah, but outside of that, there hasn't been a lot of success stories for. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you this. Okay. Do you think that the combined the the I think the Broncos have lost to both the Steelers. And the Chiefs by 11 points okay. combined. Do you think that's indicative of a weak AFC or the fact that the Broncos might actually have something on defense? I think the Chiefs thing is division game. Yeah. Like division Tough. games no matter what. And Vic Fangio is a guy, if you want to give him credit for anything, is a defensive dude. Mm-hmm. Like he's been a defensive mastermind for 30 years in the NFL. Um, it's almost why he never became a head coach until in his seventies mm-hmm. is because someone says it's like they were they were keeping a, a couple of books stacked on his head to keep him down, keep yeah. him a little bit shorter, and keep him at defensive coordinator. Weak AFC is interesting. I, I think it's more just division games, and then the Steelers are slightly overrated. I don't want to just say they're overrated, yeah, but they're not as good as the previous eleven and zero record. Uh, told us, but I mean, you're right. You look around the AFC outside of the Chiefs and the Steelers, the top teams you go to are the Bills, mm-hmm. mm, the Titans, the Dolphins are in there, the Dolphins, maybe the Colts are in there, yeah. like real top heavy. But after that, it falls down to middle of the pack real quick. Yeah. And I mean, but it, but I mean, I could compare it to the NFC, and I'd still take the AFC over that. One hundred percent. NFC East terrible. The West has been. But that's the thing. NFC we, NFC least terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of the worst teams in the league, Washington Football Team, knocks off the one of the best teams. That's a good in point. The Steelers. That's a good point. So, yeah, I, you never. I mean, you, you never know. That's why I don't know really where to put this Broncos team. I know where the Panthers are going, right? Or where they're trending. For the Broncos, they're in limbo. Yeah, exactly. If I'm, if you're the Panthers fan, you're going in this weekend. You're like, you know what? The rest of the season, this has been good. We're already happy. Mm-hmm. The Broncos, you're worried if you're going to be worse next year. You know, that's, never where you <laughs> that's not a good be. feeling when you have a quarterback who you just spent a round or round two pick on. Yeah, not where you want to be. Shout out to uh, Bradley Chubb, by the way. Seven and a half sacks this year, coming off of an ACL tear a year ago. The dude has played. Basically one and a half seasons already has twenty and a half career sacks. Man. He is, uh, man. He he coming for that record. He is. He ain't gonna get it, but no, he's yeah. coming for it. <laughs> he has been terrific. Uh, Houston Texans versus Chicago Bears. You told me a nightmare scenario the other day where you had a Madden simulation that Mitch Trubisky basically ended up becoming a Hall of Famer. Yes, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> in this weird night, like literal nightmare fuel, became. Like, not Brett Favre. Let's say he, he became Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. He just started becoming efficient. Like, amazing. <laughs> I have no idea where it came from. I didn't even check the roster. I should go home and t- check the roster yeah. and see what happened. Because I Man. think in this game, uh, in this game, Antonio Brown becomes a free agent. So I don't okay. know if they picked him or, up or not. But <laughs> that's not happening here. That's not I'm happening here. in real life. No, there's really not much to say about either one of these teams. The Texans are going nowhere fast. The Bears have lost five straight games. It's so sad for the Texans. How interested would you be in getting the Texans' job if you were a young, upcoming coach? Is Deshaun Watson enough to get you there no matter what? Do I get to come in with a new GM? 
Uh, I don't even know who the GM is right now. I guess it's just a temp guy because yeah. uh, <laughs> doesn't. Oh boy, was Bill O'Brien was the GM? I know. Do I? If I get to bring in my own GM, sure. Yeah. Like yeah. I, Out, I would, outside of LA, I think it's the most going to be the most appealing job. I would much rather have that without the draft capital going forward because they've given so much. I would rather have that gig because of Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. over the Jets, over the Jaguars. Even if you're going to tell me I can get Trevor Lawrence, Still there's no want. there's no other job. Even though it's not available yet, there's no other job I would want more. Not even the Falcons, which is going to be available. I would want the Chargers over all of them. 100%. Texans are probably second. Probably it's just because Deshaun Watson is so good, and seeing him literally waste years mm-hmm. with the, with the Texans is sad. Like this is a guy who should be a perennial MVP candidate, right? Honestly, like he has the talent. He's more talented than a lot of the players who we're talking about as some of the best in the league right now. If you put Deshaun Watson on the Bills, I think the Bills are like become Super Bowl contenders, like true Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Like just like no question uh, yeah. about it. Just just cuz cuz they already kind of are. They are already yeah, right. <laughs> with that with Josh Allen. With Josh Allen. Deshaun Big, Watson. Big dumb and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> According to Mina Shout Kimes. out Mina Kimes, yeah. Yeah. So I I'm 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 it's just it's just a sad thing to watch. It's just honestly depressing. <laughs> uh, Cowboys versus Bengals. Speaking of honestly depressing. Man, this would have been a fun game if Joe Burrow had been sure out there. Um, Andy Dalton has not been as good as I thought he was going to be. I have tried to tell you that. The for dude's a career week. is over. I, I thought going in, like once he took over for Dak, I was like, they're, they're going to be bad, but they're not going to be this bad. They're they're this bad. Yeah. They won one game since Dak got hurt? Yes. Is that what it is? And um, Yeah, it's, been, it's one game. And because both of those two games came when Dak was still well, out there, yeah. Uh, but the, to tell you how bad it's getting amongst the Cowboys faithful, I will take a survey, a quick survey I took in my house. Okay. And Garrett Gilbert <laughs> is trending very high upwards. Wow. In the discussion of who should be starting for the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> currently Garrett Gilbert is number one. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I would honestly have been more excited if Joe Burrows was playing. I, I would mm-hmm. want to watch this game a lot just because I think Joe Burrows is, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, he would have been second in that conversation for uh, rookie of the year mm-hmm. just because he's just he's great, putting up stupid good numbers great on that team. Yeah, and it's just always a shame when you're watching the future develop and then the future just gets ripped away from yeah. you. Yeah, and I, I hope the Bengals can actually do something to put a team around him. They've been able to put up good teams in the past. But it's just one of those things where it seems like a franchise problem, like yeah. an actual organization problem. They're going from Brandon Allen. Uh, Ryan Finley got some work last week. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. Zeke's running well right now. Zeke is running I'll well. say that. Outside of that, there's it's, just – There's just no – there's not an offensive line. You're talking injuries galore everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm scared every time I see our wide receivers <laughs> take the field because that's – we have the most talented wide receiver yeah. core, I think – in the league, you can put it up against anybody, and we're not shying away. I just don't want to see any of them get hurt. No, not playing with Andy Dalton throwing a pass fifteen yards above your head. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been one of those seasons. I I would like to continue to remind everybody that my prediction was the Dallas Cowboys would go three and thirteen this season. Yeah, they are three and nine. We are getting closer. We are. I need the Bengals to step up. 
Chiefs versus <laughs> Dolphins. We know the Chiefs are good. I don't know if there's anything else we can say. What do you need to see out of the Dolphins this weekend to prove that they're legit? Between Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, you might have two of the best cornerbacks in the league, at least the best twosome in the league. But there's a lot more weapons on the other side of the field there if are. you look at that Chiefs offense. There are. I don't think the expectation is that the Dolphins are going to win this game. I need um, to see them keep up. The line's seven. Yeah. The line is seven. They keep that. If they keep if they keep the line, I'll be impressed. I think I think Fitzpatrick can keep this game close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure who they're deciding to start, whether it's Fitzpatrick or, my, or uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a shot one way or the other. It's Now, now the Chiefs are beatable. Chiefs are we know, we know that because the Raiders were able to say, "Let's have a track meet. Mm-hmm. Let's like let's just run and let's see who see who gets there." That can be done on this Chiefs defense. I don't know if the Dolphins have the the talent to make it make it close, but I, I I'm, I'm hoping that they actually show something in in what I think is a little bit of a puffed up AFC. Yeah, yeah, especially right there at the top. It is. Uh, I noticed this. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So what's now important in the AFC at the top is, I guess, the battle for the number one seed and that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Pittsburgh still has the edge because Pittsburgh's loss was outside of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's one loss was to division rival Oakland, Las Vegas now, I guess. Yeah. People are talking about it. It doesn't matter this year. I want to give you these numbers on road teams' success this season. There is no home field advantage this year. Road teams this season are 96, 94, and 1, including going 10 and 4 last weekend. So, Arrowhead. That's not going to be a home field advantage. No. Playing in front of the terrible towel in Pittsburgh, it's not a home field not advantage. The numbers have shown. Road teams have an over 500 record this year. That is uh, a huge anomaly in what historically has always been a home field advantage in football. Outside of a, outside of a global pandemic, yeah. do you think <laughs> that that might be the? Because I mean, when you do state championships, they put it on a neutral field. Yeah, it's kind of like a neutral field. I think it shows how much of a lot. How much the fans actually do have an impact on the game? Fans matter. That's <laughs> they a, do. That's what that's what we're here to tell you. Yeah. You matter. Out you matter. There. We matter. Obviously, we matter. Uh, Cardinals versus Giants. What's happening to the Cardinals? We were so high on them. They've lost three straight games. Kyler Murray. I, I, I we talked about it a little bit last week. The guy has not been able to figure out what to do when he's under pressure. Teams are blitzing him over thirty five percent of the time now. Mm-hmm. And since they have started doing that four weeks ago, his numbers have plummeted. We talked about fantasy football earlier. Um, my girlfriend has Kyler Murray on his team, so I've been look, I've been observing his fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. The dude was putting up 40, 50 fantasy points a week for the first yes. half of the day. Yeah, he was. He's putting up like 15, 16 a week now. Sophomore slump? Uh, Teams I, are starting to figure it out. I'm not sure what's going on here. I think it's that uh, there's no adjustment happening on, from the coaching side. Like, you can't leave your – star player out there to just keep constantly getting hit like something something has to change like unless you're you're going to like have your running back chip on the way out of the backfield to keep a little bit of pressure on them get the ball out of Kyler's hand quicker mm-hmm. that that might be the solution but it doesn't seem like they want to do anything i mean you have the best wide receiver in football on your team 
there are creative solutions to getting him the ball without Kyler having to do a ten step drop back. Yeah, the creative solution is just throw it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, really it's is. like like D Hop will go get it. The last game they won was that Hale Murray He'll go to Buffalo. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many wins do they have this season? They are six and six. I think we said seven and nine. I think seven because, and nine is yeah, what we had. Because so we're close. We are, and I don't see them finishing that far above that. The I think that's kind of on pace to where they they should be, mm-hmm. uh, being with what the talent they ha- they have. I think the way we described them is we said they're going to be kind of like the problem child they for are. everybody else in that division mm-hmm. and in that conference. Is you see Arizona, it's like no, nobody's expecting Arizona to make any real push or anything this year. But you don't want to play them. You would hate to have to win a win to get in game against yeah. Arizona. Yeah. And, Every team that's beat them, yeah, you beat them, but I don't think it comes without its cost. You know? <laughs> well, how about on the other side of the field, uh, the New York Giants? You mentioned coaching and that there haven't been any adjustments. How about Joe Judge and Jason Garrett and this New York Giants team, which have now won four straight games and had the tiebreaker over Washington? Your New York football Giants are in first place in the NFC Beast. Wait, wait a second here. <laughs> Not my football giants, but <laughs> they what what they are managing to do is get uh, a lot of production out of an Alfred Morris who I could not imagine why he Wayne was, Gallman too Wayne Gallman Wayne Gallman, Gallman, Gallman has been getting some you know, some main work. I just like to throw that Alfred Morris is getting touches. Every I week. have never understood why <laughs> Alfred Morris was out of the league in the first place because Alfred Morris is a good back. Was a good back. How is old is still Alfred a Morris? Good back. Come on, man. He's still a good back. Two thousand. He was drafted the same year as RG three. He's thirty one years old. Not so that old. He's still like five years the junior of Frank Gore. Yeah, he can. <laughs> he can still put up pretty okay numbers along with another uh, another back in the backfield. He's averaging uh, 4.8 yards per carry. He's getting about 9 to 10 t- touches a week. Beautiful. Getting you 40 to 60 yards a that, week. What more do you need? Perfect. That's exactly what you need. And if it wasn't for the fact that Daniel Jones was hurt, right. uh, you'd probably be seeing even more production out of it if Daniel Jones could keep a ball in his hand. I can't believe it, but I am actually excited to watch Washington versus New York down the stretch to see who I am gets too. That. I am too. Like, I don't know if it's... we laughed at them a lot, and I'm not saying they're good, but they're two teams that have gotten better as the year has gone on. I think is Colt McCoy make them better? Like, is this an indictment on Daniel Jones? He's been out for about two and a half weeks with this hamstring injury, or are are we thinking this Giants team might be even better when DJ comes back? Danny Dimes. I I'm not gonna. I'm not going to give Colt McCoy any credit, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that he is playing fantastic football. Yeah, and uh, it's it's the Daniel Jones thing is odd because Daniel Jones is such a fast player. Like he's really really fast and he's fast. And it's not a part of his game that you see used yeah. at all. I think he's as fast as Kyler Murray. He he's well he just, had that uh, that like 70 yard run where he tripped and fell yeah, earlier in the year. The I think that was against Philly actually mm-hmm. on a Thursday night. They clocked him. On that run, and it was the fastest quarterback speed that had been clocked in like the last four years. Yeah, he's and very fast. Lamar Jackson's been in the league since then. Yeah, <laughs> you know Kyler Murray's been in the league since then. They're very, very fast player doesn't. It's just not utilized. I don't know how you have a player like that at quarterback and you can't figure out how to do anything with him. Well, I think it's his fault. You called him last week. You said he was a doofus. He's stupid. That has no doofus. Yeah, no, I was I, like, I was like, yeah, it's the perfect word yeah. for him. Yeah, he, he's a doofus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's just. I think Colt McCoy fits what they want to do better, and unless they're going to turn Danny Dimes into that, right? I think it's indicative of where that might be going. Colt McCoy's safe. Yes, you know he's a safe option. Yeah, it's reliable. 
It's like a Toyota. This segment being sponsored by Toyota of Newburn. That was good. You want a Colt McCoy that you can drive around in your life? Head out to Toyota of Newburn. I don't know if that's good advertising or bad advertising. I mean, <laughs> depends. Are you a Giants fan or not? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what is happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The Buccaneers versus the Vikings coming up this weekend. Tampa Bay, losers of two in a row. Grant, they lost to the Rams. They lost to Kansas City. I don't even want to talk about the Vikings because Justin Jefferson went over 1,000 yards last week on the season. Yes. And the Eagles didn't draft him. They drafted Jalen Ragor instead. And every time I see Justin Jefferson catch a pass, I want to kill myself. Yeah. So let's just talk about the Bucks. Well, I w- I'd like to talk about uh, Justin Jefferson, mainly, no. because he- <laughs> mainly because he's on my fantasy team. And Je- Mr. Jefferson has been contributing mightily to my success this Gosh. season. So I was smart enough to actually draft him, unlike right. the Eagles, who saw talent elsewhere. And Jalen Rager. Yeah. I think Jalen Rager actually did catch a touchdown from Jalen Hurts last week. But if you're telling me that's my future as an Eagles fan, as the two of them, I'm not happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Justin Jefferson is fourth in the NFL in receiving yards this year, by the way. And uh, he's on. Uh, so the Vikings. And DK Metcalf is number one. Those are the two guys that the Eagles have passed on in two of the last three years. Yeah, but so- it's okay. We got Jalen Rager and JJ Arcega Whiteside, who the two of them in their career haven't combined for half of what DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson have this season. <laughs> that is a real statistic. Yeah. So the, other than the death plunge that the Eagles <laughs> and Vikings have been on of, as of recently. Uh, <laughs> The Buccaneers are a fascinating team. Uh, one minute they look like a team that could beat anybody in the NFL convincingly by like two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the next they look like they should not be even an NFL team. See, this is my thought on them. <laughs> two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady hate each other. I firmly believe that. You believe that? that? I believe okay. that. Number two, Tom Brady is on steroids. And the, no, the reason I say that is because okay. steroids, everybody thinks about steroids and it's like, okay, you start taking steroids and your biceps get huge. But when steroids were popular in baseball, you hear about this if you watch any of these baseball documentaries or doing any like reading up on the steroid era. The biggest reason a lot of these guys were doing so many steroids was not because of the, you know, the, the aid to their physical abilities not declining, but it was injury prevention. It was, it's easier to stay healthy, it's easier to recover if you're on steroids. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, the only way I can explain that, the age of 42, 43, whatever he is, is on roids. And it's key. I'm not just saying like HGH and make himself bigger, faster, stronger. I'm saying the dude is taking something that is the only possible reason that his longevity is what it is. Because if you're going to throw this BS at me that the TB12 method and not eating tomatoes because they're a nightshade is going to make you be able to play football to the age of 42, (laughs) I ain't buying it. You don't buy it? No, I'm not buying it. Okay. But what I am seeing every time I see Tom Brady is it looks like an old man. He's a little engine that could. He just won't stop. Mm -hmm. Choo, 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 chugga, 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 chugga. He's still out there. He's still ticking, but it's a little slower. It's a little weaker. It is. And it showed up. It's shown up in a big way. yeah, and they're trying to make him play. Like Drew Brees is another example of this. Drew Brees, when you watch him play, uh, they're making him play old man football. They're saying, "Hey, everything's close to the line of scrimmage. It's checked down. You're still accurate. You just can't throw the ball 
50 yards downfield like you could when you threw for four consecutive 5,000-yard seasons. Yeah, They're not doing that in Tampa Bay. They're saying... Look, Mike Evans is thirty yards downfield this way. You know, look, we got uh, Scotty Miller over here, twenty yards downfield this way. We got OJ Howard streaking down the field here. We got Chris Godwin here. We got Antonio Brown here. They're asking way too much of Tom Brady. I think if, if they need to, they did it all the time in in New England. Everything was close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they're stretching the field out for Tom Brady. You don't stretch the field out for a forty-two year old. Just imagine how fun this team would be with Josh Allen as the quarterback. Uh, literally anybody, but just I want Josh Allen specifically because Josh Allen doesn't care if he throws an interception. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it doesn't have to be accurate. I'm just going to no, throw it 70 I, yards downfield. I just want to see where the ball will go. <laughs> yeah, you're 100 percent right. Uh, I don't. I don't even know why. I understand why a team picks up on Antonio Brown. I don't know why a team with Tom Brady at 42 years old picks up Antonio Brown. Yeah, just because the, Tom wanted him. Yeah, but it's not useful to you anymore. Yeah, That's not, not your pocket. You, right. There's a reason why Wes Welker became Wes Welker, and it's because you like to throw the ball five yards down the field. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's blow through some of these other games. I don't want to take too much time here. Um, Titans-Jaguars, anything that you're interested in. Do you think the Titans are good? How about that? There's a question. Are the Titans a good football team? Yes, but I, it will not show up this week. I think the Titans are going to end up being exactly what they were last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's going to stay hot. Derrick Henry's going to be hot enough. They're going to run into a team like Kansas City who they can try, but they're just not going to keep up with. Yeah. I think it'll look close there for a minute, but they're 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 in a division with supposed world eaters. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how, how much the give the ball to Derrick Henry experiment is going to work out when you're – Forced to go pass for pass with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm glad that dude got his money too. Yeah, by the way, because they are did he earn it? They're not trying to make his career last the way they are using him. Oh, Uh, by the way, I said earlier that Christian McCaffrey is supposed to play this weekend. Matt Rule came out and said not expected to play this weekend. Uh, Next game here, Colts Raiders. Sneaky great game. Yeah, Philip Rivers is going to play himself into a playoff spot, and I could not be happier for him. Doggone sure might. It might end up in a, in some type of way, might end up in an AFC championship. Wouldn't be shocked. Underrated defense, this, underrated if offense. You have not got the chance to watch this Colts team's play. This is a team that could beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. If the Washington football team mm-hmm. can beat the Steelers, I know. Raiders can beat the Steelers I, on the other side of this. I, both of these teams are led by quarterbacks who have always felt like just needed a chance, and that chance being supplied, the chance is being supplied on the Colts side, not so much on the Raiders side. Despite the fact they do have that win over the Chiefs, which will probably keep John Gruden's job safe for yeah. another year. <laughs> oh well, the the ten year, hundred million dollar contract is going to keep it. That of course will keep. That, that'll safe. that'll definitely. But yeah. I was thinking about wiggling my way out of that one. But you can say I beat the Chiefs. Uh, Jet Seahawks. I just honestly, I just want this game to be close so I can see how else the Jets find a way to make sure that they get Trevor Lawrence next year. You think the Jets will go zero and sixteen just to make sure that they get Trevor Lawrence? They've, it's it, this has all been intentional. <laughs> this has all been intentional. Okay, what's scarier, them making sure they go zero and sixteen to get Trevor Lawrence, or th- this is all unintentional? <laughs> At this at this rate, I'm hoping that it is it's not a, a team of grown adult men who are professional football players 
Owen 16 is hard to do. It is. Especially because I, I've heard players talk about this, especially from that Lions team we talked about earlier, where it's, they're like, you got to get that one. Cleveland yeah. Browns players were saying this. You got to get that one because we don't think about one in 15 teams. No. N- name a one in 15 team. I only know uh, one, and that was because it was the 89 Cowboys. They don't live in infamy. No. Owen 16 lives in infamy. It does. You don't want to be a part of that. They got to win one for Frank Gore, too, because Frank Gore's not playing another year. Frank Gore is going to go down in history as what? The second, the third leading rusher? Or third, one of the two. He he can't go out in Owen 16. He can't. And the the Jets, look, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he's going to actually want to come to you. Do you think about how appealing an Owen 16 team is to take over? Not very. (laughs) But, um, you know, you. There's, there's, there's not a lot of hope I can give to Jets fans. Right. Uh, how about these two games together? Give me the upset: the Packers versus the Lions. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite. Saints versus Eagles. New Orleans is a six and a half point favorite. Which dog has a chance? Is if either Lions versus Packers or Eagles versus Saints? I think the Lions have a chance here. I actually do. Uh, it's the the Lions always keep a receiver who's having a pretty good year on their team and nobody talks about it. Marvin Jones has been doing that this year. Kenny Galladay's been out. Marvin Jones has been balling. He's been playing great (laughs) football. If you've ever just turned on a Lions game and just watch Marvin Jones, he plays great. He's on my fantasy team. I just had to sit back and watch who this guy was sitting on my bench putting up these numbers. Dude is a model of consistency. He was that way when he was in Cincinnati. He's keeping it going with the Lions over the last couple of years. They have a shot. If if it doesn't go that way, I wouldn't be surprised, but that's the the more likely story. When it goes to the Eagles, your Eagles are one of the most fascinating teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Only because... You created a quarterback controversy for yourselves. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because the only thing I wanted to say, I'm with you. I think it would be the Lions. Can I just go on the record and say I want Jalen Hurts to suck out loud this week? Oh, really? I want Jalen Hurts to suck out loud. The more and more I've thought about this in my head, um, I'm still on Team Carson. I want Carson to to be my guy. I w- I'm not willing to cut bait. After this year, really, I might even give him the length of the contract Okay. I'm holding out hope on this guy, man. I want Jalen Hurts to come out and throw five touchdowns and light the world on fire. And <laughs> just because to then watch, I'm gonna really be up in my feelings next Monday. <laughs> just to watch, oh yeah, because of the conference, the yeah. uh, the conversation that's gonna happen on that earlier in Monday when they're like. The problem with that is that's gonna make Doug Peterson look like a genius, and then I'm gonna have to stick around with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's getting fired anyway. I hope so. Regardless of, regardless of if. If Jalen Hurts goes out and throws 10 touchdowns for the next however many games in the season, Doug Peterson's getting fired. That has nothing to do with (laughs) Doug Peterson. In the Spider-Man meme game of the week, who wants it less, Falcons versus Chargers? Mm. Well, Mr. Anthony Lynn. uh, Coaching for his job. I think he's he's already lost it. but Uh, Losing to the Falcons. If the the Chargers are able to out-meme the Falcons – and blow a lead here, Anthony Lynn might not be the coach by the time uh, Monday comes around. <laughs> Honestly, I think they might fire him after the game yeah, if he loses they, game. They should go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm just praying that Justin Herbert makes it through the season. Me healthy. Too. Washington football team versus the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco a three-point favorite. Nick Mullins is the quarterback. I, I was a huge Jimmy G fan back in the day. 
I, I can't believe that Nick Mullins is so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, very weird, right? Nick Mullins isn't that bad. He's not. <laughs> and it's mainly because his name is Nick Mullins yeah. that nobody believes he's a good quarterback. Uh-huh. But I don't know why they're the favorite in this game. because It's coaching. I mean, Ron Rivera, great coach, and best thing that the Washington football team has done in quite some time is bringing him in. But Kyle Shanahan this year, with all the stupid amount of injuries and yeah. corona stuff he's, that they have dealt with, this team is still 5-7, and seven, and they are doing it with a patchwork quilt. They are. Great coaching. Great coaching. I don't hard think, division. Very hard division. Toughest division in football, probably. I don't know if it overcomes how good I think Chase Young is. Chase Young's a monster. And Chase Young is coming off of the high of slaying the undefeated streak. <laughs> Bill Belichick. Single-handedly. Yeah. I saw Bill Belichick. No, it wasn't Bill Belichick. Who was it? Um, I think it was Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin said after that loss the other day that he said, uh, I hope I'm never so bad that I get a player like Chase Young. Yeah. You know, which I think is a pretty good compliment. Yeah. It's like, bro, I love you on my team. You're a beast. Yeah. I really hope I'm never bad enough to get you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sunday night game, probably the biggest game of the weekend. Right at the top of the AFC, the Steelers versus the Bills. This will be, I, it's just an exciting game. This will be fun. That's just going to be fun. A lot of fun. A lot of uh, passing in the middle of ben, Big Ben trying to see if he can kill his receivers or not. <laughs> <laughs> I really I, – this is what I'm I'm hoping for for that game because it's more fun when Josh Allen is bad. Mm-hmm. I hope that Big Ben – coming off of that loss, forces the issue, has one of those classic Big Ben games where you look up and it's like, wow, he threw for 475 yards and five touchdowns. He's got that in him at any time. Mm-hmm. Forces the issue, makes Josh Allen try to do that, and we're having one of these Josh Allen had a fumble and three picks last night conversations on Monday. <laughs> Just because I'm a hater. We'll probably have that conversation. But we don't know how many touchdowns Josh Allen will end up getting. We do, we just don't know. That's the thing about this team. We don't know if it'll be three the three fumbles, uh, a pick, and he end up running in for two touchdowns and through for three. Right. We just don't know. Just don't know. Just don't know. All right. That's the NFL for the weekend. Vaughn, it's been real. Yes, sir. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Oh, some of you may hear this soundbite. Hear that intro music, and you're afraid. Because you know I'm going to overplay it in this segment. Never not. <laughs> but those, but those of you who were here with us last week, uh, you are familiar with the new game, the sensation that is sweeping the nation here on the Sam Avila Show. It is time for Who That Is. Um, we played a movie edition kind of yesterday. That was fun. Von Casey, by the way, hanging out here with me now. Um, you really enjoyed Who That Is I had a great last time. week. Had a great time. Love this game. <laughs> it's just always fun to think about all of the wild things people have done in sports. Yes. It's it's great. Yeah, because it, it wasn't really uh, supposed to trend that way. Like, when we started this, it wasn't necessarily supposed to be us bringing up, like, random, obscure, crazy facts about mm-hmm. sports stars. But that's kind of what it's morphed into. So yes. the idea here, if you were not here last week, the idea here is that... Vaughn and I are going to alternate, and we are going to ask each other specifically um, – excuse me, I'm trying to get something pulled up here. We're going to ask each other specifically about – 
and we're going to name, we're going to rattle off a fact or a phrase or uh, Vaughn busted out some riddles last week, a brief description or hint or clue as to who an athlete or a former athlete or a sports figure or sports media figure, whoever it may be, somebody sports related, we're going to rattle off a brief little hint about them. And when that question is asked, it is simply our job to state yeah <laughs> so very simple very self-explanatory again the sounder you will hear and it will be up to us to decide who that is very simple very self-explanatory let's not waste any more time uh vaughn yes you know what? I'm going to go first. I was going to say I'm going to let you go first this okay. week, but I am going to be uh, I am going to go first this week. My simple descriptors. Six wor- seven words, three phrases. Okay. Neckbeard. Happy June. Okay. Gone too soon. Neckbeard. Neckbeard. Happy June. Happy June, gone too soon. Okay. Um, I will. There is a little bit of audio that is attached to the Happy June clue. I will play it for you now. Hey everybody, Happy June. This is Andrew Luck with the Andrew Luck Book Club. Oh crap! I've I gave it away. My copy of A Girl Named Zippy by Haven Kimmel. I'm really, really excited to read about Indiana, and I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Hey everybody, Happy June. Because happy June is a thing. Um, It was a dead giveaway. That's okay. It's a warm-up here in the opening session. I will ask you, Vaughn. All right. What you got? Who that is? So since I know the answer, (laughs) let's go ahead and just go over the fact that that might be a haiku that you you wrote. (laughs) And... It literally might be. It might, it might be a haiku. And neckbeard, happy June, gone too soon. Let's go. Kind of rhymes. It does. <laughs> let's go neckbeard. And I'm going to just think about who I automatically thought about when you said neckbeard. And it was young Tony Parker. But Did then, young Tony Parker rock a neckbeard? It was a beard that started from his neck, but it was not a full beard. Okay. It was like stubble. <laughs> Very nice. It, but when you go happy June, I was not aware that Mr. Andrew Luck had just created a term, Happy June. <laughs> that was the, that's the Andrew Luck Book Club, um, and they were reading A Girl Named Zippy. And yeah. yes, he wanted to share with everybody, Happy June. And Gone Too Soon would be a descriptor for Andrew <laughs> Luck. So, yes, Andrew Luck is who that is. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? All right, so uh, I'm going to give you the point because, you know what, that's on me for <laughs> so I'll take messing it. up my messing up my clue and blowing the game here. Okay. So, uh, all right, let's turn it over to you. Uh, your first question here today on who that is. Okay. So, according to SB Nation's YouTube channel, okay. specifically their show, Fumble Dimensions, Okay. this team would have been better off running a single play to this player, improving their record overall to three and thirteen. Okay, so this is a current NFL team. This is not their NFL team, but I'm not going to give you the team. Okay, but they did improve their record to three and thirteen from what it would was in real life. Okay, if they run this one single play to this player, 
every down that they have the ball. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow, this is a really good question. Okay, I'm trying to think of teams that are really bad, improve their record to 3-13. and 13. So mm-hmm. the bad teams are the Jets, obviously. Um, let's see, the Jaguars are this down is, this there. Is a, this is from a... A year, a historically bad year. Okay, a historically, historically bad, bad year. year. Now, the Jets uh, are having a historically bad year, but I'll give you it's not the Jets. All right, I, I think I've got it. Who that is? 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 A historically bad year. They would have won three games because they won zero games. They are the Detroit Lions. If they had run every single play to Calvin Johnson, yes. the statistics show, the analytics show that they would have won three games it, at the end of the it day. It is possible that if... I they, like that. If it is possible, because they were using head, the NFL head coach game as a simulator <laughs> that from that year, that is, if they ran a post-play where nobody else goes out except for Calvin Johnson... They would have went three. They would have ultimately have won three games. Uh, that is a good one. Okay, I, I was thinking this year. I was going to say my answer was originally, and uh, it's a horrible answer. I'm glad it wasn't there. It was going to be Jamison Crowder <laughs> because he's the only good player <laughs> no, on the no, Jets. No, 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 no. And I'm like, maybe if they ran every play to Jamison Crowder, then uh, no. then that could have happened. It but... was Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> Megatron. That. Uh, that makes uh, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. All right, so we are playing who that is here today on the Sam Avila show. Um, very simple, very straightforward. We give a description of a person, and you have to guess who that is. So my next one, uh, very indescriptive. Three words: greasy, mustache, bust. Oh, greasy, greasy mustache, mustache bust. Who that is? Who that is? Greasy mustache bust. Greasy mustache bust. So I'm thinking, I'm automatically thinking NFL, just because of all the greasy mustaches we've seen in the NFL. Oh no! Well, it's a, well, it's probably a greasy mustache, but there's actually a comma in there between greasy oh, and mustache. So they're greasy. They have a mustache and they're a bust. Were. We're a bus. We're a bus. So it's in the NBA, also NBA. I'll give okay. you that hint. Yeah, just okay. just so I can lead you down the right path. Okay. So originally, Greasy, comma mustache, comma bust. End of story. I had this weird amalgamation of Baker Mayfield and uh, Johnny Football <laughs> in my head. Johnny Football would have <laughs> yeah. been a good one. Yeah. yeah, but Johnny Football kind of fits that description. He kind of does. But nowhere near as greasy as this guy. Though. Nowhere near yeah. as greasy as this guy. I mean, Johnny Football is like clean as a whistle compared to this cat. Mm, okay, and they, they're a bust. And cat is a hint there. And cat is a hint there. Hmm. We're not talking about Carl Anthony Towns, are we? We are not call- okay. talking about Carl Anthony okay. Towns. Because I love Carl Anthony Towns. There's no, huh? there's no greasy yeah, mustache. There's, there's, there's no not, grease in mustache. greasy. Okay. Are we talking... About this is like circa two thousand and six, maybe. I think I'm closing in on on where we're going. Are we talking about the Bobcats picking? Oh my God, who was the Bobcats' uh, biggest bust? That's a big question. The Bobcats' biggest bust. Are we talking? Was Zeller there at that time? Not quite Zeller. Not Zeller. This was pre Zeller. This was pre Zeller. Yeah, this Zeller. I think Zeller was a Hornet too. Zeller yeah. was a Hornet. He got back uh, yeah. when the Hornets were there. Yeah, no, this was still the Bobcats. Oh, man. It's I'm, not just one of the worst busts in Bobcats history. 
Yeah. Um, this is quite arguably top five biggest bust of bust all time. Of all time. I don't think I'm going to get it. Go, go ahead and give it to me. The answer to Greasy Mustache Bust is, of course, none other than the Gonzaga product himself, Mr. Adam Morrison. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, That's a really Mr. good one. <laughs> Mr. Adam Morrison. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, that who is who that is. That was good. That was good. Greasy and gross. Okay. <laughs> and he was horrible. Uh, I think he ended up playing like a grand total of 20 games, 22 games for the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. That was a uh, that was a bad draft class one way or the other. But It was. Yeah. Speaking of bad draft classes, okay. <laughs> this man is Mr. 2000 Draft and grades out as the highest rated player from said draft. Mr. 2000. Yes. NBA? It's NBA. NBA. 2000 draft class. Man. Okay, this is pre-Kobe, because Kobe was 99. 99, 99, I believe. The 2000 draft class was historically bad. Historically bad? Yes. Okay. Historically bad draft class. Gosh. Oh, so he had a pretty long career. He had an okay career. Okay. Oh no, pretty pretty long, but okay. <laughs> oh, but do I would I get this name? Like, do you, do you see? There's any chance of me getting this? I think so. It's possible, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um. 2000 draft class. I can't even think of anybody. Um, uh, like Mike Miller. Not Mike Miller. Okay. So who that is with the number with the number 16 pick? Okay. Round one. Jamal Crawford. Not Jamal Crawford. Damn. I feel like I'm getting the era right. You're getting you're 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 in the ballpark, but we are going with Hito Turgaloo. He yo, I loved Hito Turgaloo. That's what I thought you would get. It. Yeah, that was Hito, my guy. <laughs> Hito Turgaloo grades out as the best player in the 2000s draft, oh. which was a historically bad draft class. Wow. No stars. Who was the number one pick in that draft? I will look it up right now, dude. Hito Turgaloo. I'm so upset with myself. A member of. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is something wrong with me um, because I have an obsession with Boris Diaw, yes. but I have an obsession with that Orlando Magic team that was, and I can name the starting lineup. Um, <laughs> it was, um, I said I could name it. It was Jameer Nelson. It was J.J. Redick. It was Hito Turgaloo. It was Dwight Howard. And it was, um, I can't ever get his last name, uh, Rashard Lewis. That was that squad that's, that's that went. Pretty good. I did pretty good. That's pretty good. Off my head. That's a pretty good job. So that's why I thought you would get it because I know you, you love that team. Yeah. This is the number one pick from that draft was Kenyon Martin, and Mike Miller was taken number five. Oh, nice. Okay, Kmart. Yeah, yeah. Kenyon Martin was uh, he was a stud back in the day. He was, but if we're grading out careers based on how long and how good yeah. a player got, Hito grades out as the best. Hito. Man, how long of a career did Hito Turgaloo have? I think 14 seasons. Holy cow, good I for him. I believe 14 seasons. Wow. Hito Turgaloo, without a doubt. Who that is? Yeah. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Love it. <laughs> All right, so it is still uh, it is still one-to-one. Three words. Okay. 
No, wait, four words. Okay. I guess one of them could be hyphenated. Cigarettes, cannon arm, divorce. Okay. Go Cigarettes, ahead. cannon arm, divorce. Who that Cigarettes, is? Who cannon that arm, is? divorce. Who that is? Who that is? This is not Joe Namath, is it? This is not Joe Namath. Okay, no. I was going to say Cannon Arm doesn't really apply, but <laughs> everything else is dead on. No, this is uh, this is much more recent than Joe okay. Namath. Cigarettes. You, you watched this player play plenty. I did. Okay, mm-hmm. not because he was a cowboy. He was not a cowboy. I can yeah. say that. Cigarettes. Cannon Arm. Divorce. Okay. So we're talking about a quarterback known for their cigarette intake and their cannon arm. As much as you are all over the internet and all over some memes. Oh, man. Cigarettes. I can, <laughs> cannon arm. I can divorce. see I can see homeboy in my face. And I can see his picture from just from the meme alone. Skip Bayless would love him. Yes. Skip Bayless would love I did him. Did love him. Oh man. Because they went to the same college. Oh man. Vanderbilt. Yeah, you're giving it to me, and I can't think of his name. I said the divorce I, was this year. Yeah. The divorce was this year. The divorce was this year. Give it to me because I know the meme of his cigarette in the cap, and then all the cigarettes behind his ear. But I can't think of the guy's. It name. is, of course, the star of Very Cavallari on E Entertainment News. It is none other than Mr. Jay Cutler. Yes, Mr. Jay Cutler, Jay who is Cutler. very well known for his uh, cigarette memes. Um, his cannon arm. He wasn't good, but people always told you how strong his arm was. Very strong. And, of course, his very public divorce with Kristen Cavallari. I did watch Jay Cutler play a lot. I watched a lot of so, yeah. Very Cavallari. That's where it... It's a good show. It wasn't? It's not a bad show. It's okay. low-key. It's better okay. than Kardashians if you're getting forced to watch some E! News shows. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who that is? Who that That's is? a good one. Who that like is? That. Who that is? Who that is? Okay. So... This fighter, okay, fighter, all right, begged a referee to stop the fight on his opponent's behalf. This wasn't the corner man for Apollo Creed, was it? No, 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 no. This was <laughs> the Apollo this was, was the other boxer in the match. The other boxer in the match begging the referee to stop so he didn't have to hit his opponent anymore. Mm-hmm. Who did it? I know it's not the right answer, but I know Khabib just did this same kind of thing where he asked, he wanted the other guy, he didn't want to break, I can't remember who he just fought like a month ago. Um, In his last fight? It was uh, uh, Justin Gaethje, I think. Yeah. Where he said after the fight, like he basically told Gaethje to tap out because he didn't want to break his arm in front of his family. I do not know the answer to this. While Khabib is a good answer, and Khabib only did that because Khabib is a very honorable person. Right. <laughs> the answer is Roy Jones Jr. Did he do that? Yes. I didn't know that. Who was the opponent? Uh, the guy. It was one of the early uh, middleweight opponents. I couldn't actually find the guy's name, despite the fact <laughs> I could find the clip. Uh, but he turns to the referee, says, stop it, stop the fight. Referee says, keep fighting, and he knocks the guy out. Oh, no. He's like, please, like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, uh... <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't stop making me hit him. Gee whiz. Yes. Okay, how about yeah. that? Roy Jones Jr. Um, back in the the heyday, and not so much the days of fighting Mike Tyson, huh? No, no. Not, not, with, not with Jake Paul landing the knockout of the night. 
Whichever one landed. Yeah, what kind of what kind of sentence is that? Like the knockout of the night on the Roy Jones Jr. card came from Logan Paul. Yeah, one of the one of the Pauls. A Paul got a, a knockout. Paul brother. Yeah. Who most of us still aren't really sure who they are. <laughs> All right, playing who that is here on the Sam Avila Show. Von Casey hanging out with me. We both have only gotten one correct answer so far. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm going to teach you something here, but you may know this story. Okay. Excited to learn. This is not an athlete. This is a member of the sports media. Okay. Okay. So I I will steer you that direction. The description here on who that is, is he has a teething problem, and he is famous for biting a stripper. And I say he has a teething problem because he is famous for biting a stripper. He's famous for other reasons, but he is indeed famous for biting a stripper. And they're primarily a sports media person. They are like top of the line sports media person. Okay. Wow. Great. So I am going to teach you yeah, something you here are. today. This is terrific. Who that is? Yes. Uh, okay. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Biting a stripper. Don't bite strippers. If I'm thinking of people who I would think are in strip clubs actively that are strictly sports media people, Skip Bayless makes a lot of sense to me. It's not Skip it's, But it's not Skip What are you doing with Skip Bayless where you've got him in a – The only – but the, <laughs> the only – it makes sense because he bit her. Wasn't uh, <laughs> Clark Kellogg got in some trouble for something like this a couple of years ago, I yeah. think. Okay, He did. I think Clark Kellogg got busted with the soliciting a prostitute or something. Yeah. Sports media – Bit a stripper. Teach me something. Teach me something. Now. I am going to teach you something. So the answer here. Who that is? 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 You can catch him all over the place. You can catch him as the voice on NBA 2K, Marv Albert. Excuse me? In 1997, Marv Albert got into some hot water with a former, what they're describing as a sexual acquaintance. Um, but her name was Vanessa Perhock and... She was a stripper, and she accused him of biting her and then forcing him or her to perform oral intercourse on him in a hotel oh, room. That's not great at all. Um, yes, but he went to court. He pleaded guilty to misdemeanor assault charges because the DNA test proved that she was not lying about being bitten by Marv Albert. So, yes, Marv Albert, best known for having a teething issue. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you taught me something there. Jeez. Good God. Okay. Yeah, that, right. that's one of those stories that I wish I could learn over again. Yeah. That just blew my mind. Well, okay. Let's go from one terrible example of of an from an NBA person to another terrible example from an awesome. NBA person. Love it. Yes. There's some scandal in yes, there. Yes, a little bit of scandal here. So... Mr. Scandal himself, the former owner of the L.A. Clippers, Mm -hmm. formerly the San Diego Clippers, Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Hired this man to be the GM, but did not know that he had previously played in the NBA when, in fact, he had. This was the longtime GM of the Clippers. The longtime GM of the Clippers. Is he currently a GM? I do not believe he is currently a GM, but I can look into it. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Elton Brand. Is it Elton Brand? It is not Elton Brand. The long time. Jerry West is the GM there now, I think. It was 
please, dear he's, God, don't tell me he didn't know Jerry West was no, in the he, league. He, he, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you've got me stumped. I am, I am very curious. Uh, who that is? Who that is is Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor was. I was. <laughs> I, Elton Brand. Elgin yeah. Baylor. I, I was, was like, oh, he's going to get it. Yeah, I was, I was it. all over it. I, yeah. I feel like I knew that in my heart, but I just couldn't. Uh, yeah. I couldn't quite formulate the, the, yes. the word there. When he hired him, Donald Sterling was not aware of the fact that Elgin Baylor had actually played in the NBA. Are you serious? Yes. Elgin Baylor, like the Hall of Famer. Yes. Elgin Baylor. Okay. <laughs> that same guy. Just making sure we're on the same page. Yes. Elgin Baylor. Same guy. Same guy who just got a statue <laughs> presentation. Oh, goodness. Um, all right. Yeah. yeah. That, is, uh, that is remarkable. That is, uh, that is definitely. Who that is? Who that is? All right, I think you're going to get this one pretty easily, but I wanted to throw it out there because I believe um, um, there is a clip that I need to share with you if you okay. have not seen it. Um, who that is? How can I best describe him? Famous for getting stepped over in LeBron James's puppet. Famous for being stepped <laughs> yeah. over in LeBron James's who puppet. That is? Yeah. Who that is? Who that is? I know who it is. <laughs> This shouldn't be why he's famous. Tyron Lue. That is why he's famous. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it, it is, yes, indeed, Tyron Lue. Famous, I believe, for being stepped over by Allen Iverson on the sideline yeah. as AI buried a three in his face. And My then. Favorite player of all time. AI. Uh, yeah, AI. So, yeah. The man. An iconic scene. And then, yes, LeBron James's puppet while he was in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm ready to hear the audio. All right, the audio clip comes from a press conference that happened last Friday, actually, a week from today, where Tyron Liu was doing an interview talking about uh, the offseason that the Clippers had. And the Clippers, I mentioned earlier, or perhaps yesterday, that they signed Nicholas Batum this offseason. They also brought in Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. If you're being added to a basketball team, you would hope that your coach knows what your name is. You also hope that when he forgets it, his last resort isn't to act like the Zoom call froze. Um, I think also with you know losing Sham was you know, it was huge for us. I thought we had a great a guy, a young talent who can shoot the basketball, come off screens, um, a lot of pick to pick interactions. Um, you know that was tough for us to lose him, but you know we got a good player in, and um, um, <laughs> I can't I can't see it. Hello. <laughs> So in the middle of the interview, uh, forgets Luke Kennard's name, even scratches his head as he tries to think of it. Yeah. And then, oh no, panic. Uh, in the age of 2020, you have a built-in excuse of, oh, the Zoom froze call. I don't know. I don't know. Who? Who? <laughs> like he couldn't say his name through the frozen screen? <laughs> even Tyron Liu had no idea who that is. Who that is? God bless Tyron Liu. God bless Luke Kennard. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Luke Kennard. Okay. Uh. <laughs> So you got that one. You I got, got that one. That was, that was, that's a good one. Poor man. Okay. When it is all said and done, he could have been better than Jordan if he hadn't have danced with Nelly. Who that is? Could have been better than Jordan. Who that is? Yes. Who that is? If he hadn't danced with Nelly. Who that is? Yes. Gary Payton. Not Gary Payton. Pretty good. Could have been better. I'm trying to just think that era. That era where everybody had to be better than Jordan. Isaiah Thomas. Not Isaiah Thomas. 
John Stockton. <laughs> I just want to see John <laughs> Stockton <laughs> dance with Nelly. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I give up. Tell me, uh, who tell me who that is. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Is Vince Carter? Vince Carter. That is a quote from really? his profile in uh, Sports Illustrated, where they said he could have been better than Jordan. If you'll remember, there was a huge controversy because he had blown out one of his knees and got caught dancing with Nelly ah, on stage. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this was back when Toronto hated Vince Carter. If Man. you can imagine, that was a day. Okay. All right. I like that. I never knew that. Vince Carter, I mean, look, the only man to play in four across four different decades yes. in NBA history. Yeah. Uh, that is goat status. The legend. Yeah, goat status if I have ever heard it. All right, let's keep this going. Uh, I may be teaching you something here as well. I'm okay. also excited. This player is best known for turning down $21 million in a contract with the Timberwolves because he said it would not be enough to feed his family. <laughs> Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? You know this one. I do. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes of all time. They slightly misquoted him in the article because that's not what he said. That's he said that if he couldn't get hurt because he still would have to take care of his still family. Have a family to feed. Right? But <laughs> as funny as it is, that is Mr. Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> that is yes, the legend. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Man, but the um, quote of. $21 million not being able to feed your family is one of the funniest things anybody has Yeah, passing up on that deal probably wasn't a smart move, especially uh, since that instant. Latrell Sprewell actually holds the distinction right now of being the state of Wisconsin's number one delinquent taxpayer. Really? Yep. Shout out to Latrell. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, take care of your money, kids. Uh, and if someone offers you $21 million, take it. Usually. <laughs> Take it. Usually. Most times. In yeah. most situations. Yeah, most situations. Most situations. I think you're going to rack up on mine here coming down the stretch. Okay. So, so uh, what, what do you got for me? All right. So this next one, his career was possibly ended by the Giants and Eagles back-to-back in 45-19, to 19, in a 45-19 to 19 loss. Who that is? Who that is? This Who that is? Who that is? The Giants and the Eagles. So this is an NFC East player. It's not an NFC East player. They just happened to be they just happened to play those the NFC team. East this year. It was coming off of a career high that nobody had expected from him, his coach, and that organization. This was this year. It's not this year. Oh. This was the uh, beginning of the of last decade. The beginning of last decade. This was the end be- of end of the previous decade. Beginning of last, last decade. The beginning of the end. So we're talking 2009, 2012. 2009, 2012. Brett Favre. Not Brett Favre. Think Young. Young. At that time. That's not a hint. That's not go with Vince Young. Um, Donovan, no, never mind. <laughs> Donovan McNabb <laughs> didn't lose much to the Eagles, so I guess he did afterwards. <laughs> afterwards, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I'm gonna hate myself for this. Was this? Was this? Was he really good when he was really good? 
when he was really good, it gave a city of hopeless people hope. Because they're little brother in that city. Little brother in that city. Yeah. Jets. Jets quarterback. This is a Jets quarterback. This was Brett Favre. Not Brett no, Favre. I already said Brett Favre. Didn't Brett Favre. I? This was Chad Pennington. No. This was Mark Sanchez. This was Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. I was trying to come up. If you look back at the history of the collapse of the Jets, it's it seems that the beginning of the end started with back to back losses to both the Eagles and Giants. And wow. Things never got back on track. Is there a guy who just overachieved more in a brief NFL career than Mark Sanchez? I don't believe there like is. Like a shooting star. And he didn't even do anything, but he was just like the good looking young quarterback at a USC. They give him the name the Sanchez. Yes. Great. Great nickname. <laughs> Iconic nickname. There's not a team that that deserved to happen to less than the Jets. Than the Jets, yeah. <laughs> Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez. Yes. And Rex Ryan, I believe, still has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez? With a tattoo of his wife wearing Mark Sanchez's jersey. Wow. Yes. That is uh, yeah. special. Truly special. Truly special. <laughs> All right. Um, you're going to get this one. Okay. Having a fake dead girlfriend. Oh. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? So this was my childhood. This was Manti Teo. This is Manti Teo. <laughs> Who turned out to be a pretty okay player. Never deserved any of that entire controversy. The thing that was even crazier about all of that was he had a, a friend of his who played for Notre Dame with him who said that he met his fake girlfriend twice. Like, who is more delusional? The guy who's telling the story about the fake girlfriend or the guy who says, no, nah, she's real. I met her twice. Right. Right. Come on. But you know, you know, the pictures that the guy was using were actual pictures of somebody who was on the volleyball team at uh at Notre Dame? Or not Notre Dame, else? but they were they were they were supposed to go to USC or something like that. It was somewhere far away that they couldn't get to. Man. Yeah. Still one of the just one of the greatest sports stories of all time. One of those amazing sports <laughs> stories that really soured his career before it got started because yes. nobody took him for that reason i'm like why would you not take him y'all taken... having a decent career he did he like a few solid years yeah anyway wasn't he a heisman trophy candidate he was one of the few defensive players again yeah come on anyway wow. <laughs> all right other people whose careers were defined by one moment we're talking odell beckham Okay. This is the man who caused the Odell catch, leading to his nickname becoming Fifty Shades of Burnt. The man who calls, who gave up the catch, yes. basically. Who that is? Who that catch is? Who only who the that catch is? Who that is? Oh, I'm never going to guess this. Didn't they do that against Philly? They did it against us. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of just some of the horrible cornerbacks that you guys have had over the years. <laughs> I believe that this man is still in the league. Wasn't Byron Jones there for a while? Was, Byron Jones was with us. It was not Byron Jones. He was a safety when he was with us. Okay. Oh, man. I have no clue. I'm not going to get it. I'm sorry. Fifty Shades of Burnt is Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr. Yeah. Wow. That is another good name. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr. One of those guys who... So did Odell do that over him? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. So Brandon Carr was all over him. 
pass interference all the way, <laughs> and he still made the catch. Still put and that from in that, that moment snap. on, it was the beginning of the end for Brandon Carr in Dallas. <laughs> you, can't, just, you can't come back from that. No. Just because every time anybody got beat, no matter if Brandon Carr was on him or not, he was in the picture. Yeah. 39 was <laughs> reaching out for the ball. <laughs> All right, I got one more. All right, me too. Um, here's a little bit of a riddle, I guess. Despite playing football, he has fathered a baseball team. Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? Despite playing football, he has fathered a baseball team. Despite playing football, he has fathered a baseball team. Hmm. Yes. So we're talking about the owner of an MLB team? We are not talking about the owner of an MLB team. Okay. Despite playing football, Football. he has fathered a baseball team. Okay. I got you. We are talking Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yes, sir. Good <laughs> job. There's enough kids to fill up. Yeah, he indeed. He has nine children. Yes. Yes, Philip Rivers has nine children. That's pretty Christmas, good. I'm sure, is hell around the Rivers My household. God. But, you know, he's probably made like you need over extension. $350 million Something in his like career. So. You need the extension just to. <laughs> yeah. It's why he's still playing. Has to be. Got nine colleges to pay for. Can't be the love of the game. (laughs) Cannot be. All right, what do you got? One more? One more. All right, let's let's see if we can walk it off there. Let's bookend this. Warned his team, talking to Calvin Johnson, that if they did not change their current offense, they would not win a single game. But Who no that one is? Who that is? Who that is? Who that is? He... See, you've given me two trivia questions regarding that winless Lions team. Yes, just because of how fascinating of a team it was. Was he on the team? He was. But he didn't play that year. He played that year. But he tried to warn them if they did not change their offense. That offense, which we showed, could be more efficient if they ran the same post play to Calvin Johnson. They would have won three games. And Matt Stafford was... Hurt that season. Yes, he was. Gosh, was it John Kitna? Good job. <laughs> good job. Oh, no, how did that I get that? Good. John Kitna. What's who that is? Yes. If you, I deserve a medal for being do. a. I've got. I have got. What is that like? The two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine Lions, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. So John Kitna, in an exclusive to uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think Calvin Johnson revealed this later on. John Kitten said, we will not win a single game this season with this offense. Gee whiz. Wow. John Kitna. Yeah. The, the hero that Detroit desperately needed. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, uh, it was John Kitna and Dan Orlovsky. Yes. Basically both carried the load for that team. Uh, slightly Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton. Yeah. yeah. That's a name, right? Drew Stanton. <laughs> I love Drew Stan. That clip of him like running down the sideline a couple years ago in Cincy, like <laughs> yeah. kicking his he's like doing the Tyler Hansborough run. <laughs> Man. That was good. Uh that was who that is second week in a row we've done it. That's a fun game. Beautiful That's a fun game. I can't believe that the two answers I got right were related to the winless lions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a shocking thing. I'm a Lions historian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, more of the Sam Avila Show when we come back. Welcome back to the Sam Avila Show. Carolina Oliveras, we missed her last week. She is back, and 
Caroline, the first thing I want to ask you, happy Friday. Happy Friday. But um, this is Bad Bunny. Yes. I need you to explain Bad Bunny to me and how this guy has blown up. His music is amazing. Let me tell you my experience with Bad Bunny. So this is this song is called Dikiti, I think, or something like that. And it's like number three on the top one hundred. Mm. And I keep hearing it every like I feel like every store I walk into. Is it Dekite? D A K I T. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it means either. Yeah. It's Spanish. But he's on a uh <laughs> he's on like a Corona commercial with Snoop Dogg right now. Okay. Uh I know he's like one of the biggest artists. He's big in the United States, but globally right now he's considered, I think, like the number one guy. Like yeah. when you look at, I was I was doing some research earlier, and like if you look at album sales this year in the United States, Taylor Swift is killing it above and beyond everybody. She had that Cardigan album that came out, and she had a new album drop this morning. Yeah, and I'm very familiar with it because my girlfriend somehow between this morning and now has made me listen to it like seven times. <laughs> really, I know I did see that on Twitter, and I was like, scroll. Not yeah. because I have anything against Taylor Swift, but. <sighs> Her music is like one of those like eh, it's just Taylor Swift, but then you start to listen to it and you can't escape it, and yeah. you're just like I'd rather wait till I listen to it 30 times on the radio than you know. <laughs> I think the reason I don't like Taylor Swift, we'll get back to Bad Bunny because I still have questions. Okay. Um, the reason I don't like Taylor Swift anymore because I have been to a yeah. Taylor Swift concert. I saw yeah. her in 2011. It was the Speak Now tour. I saw her at the PNC Arena in Raleigh. Uh, fun fact about that. I don't know if I've ever told you this part of the story. So I bought the tickets in like sp- early spring of that year. Mm-hmm. And I was a senior in high school and I was dating a girl in high school. And I bought the tickets for her. I bought a ticket for my sister for a future birthday present because she was a Taylor Swift fan and a ticket for myself. Great seats. Uh, and then we did the thing that high school relationships do, where it's like, hey, I'm going this way, you're going that way, Ooh, let's just call this thing off and go have some fun in college. I want you to put yourself in my shoes. And I don't mean this in a gross way or a uh, a disrespectful way, but if you are an 18-year-old man and you are a <laughs> freshman on a college campus let me go ahead and tell you something. When it comes to the ladies, there is not a better jackpot ticket than a free Taylor Swift concert. And Carolina, I reap the rewards of having an extra. The, the caveat was my sister's coming too. But my sister's a cool girl, so it kind of worked out. Most uh, most people like my sister, but... Yeah, that was my. Uh, that so was you my, were the man. That was my go-to <laughs> for like the first two months of college was... Yeah, hey, I'm Sam. Uh, by the way, this Taylor Swift concert coming up in a month and a half. Like, I got an extra ticket. <laughs> I can imagine. You probably felt like a god. Like, oh, I hold the power. It opened a lot of doors for me. Let's just say I believe that. it. I believe it. <laughs> if you but came I, up to me, bribing me with Taylor Swift, I'd be like, no, thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it, works on, uh, it works on my demographic. <laughs> <laughs> White girls. <laughs> Um, but Bad Bunny. So the first time I was ever introduced to Bad Bunny, to get this back on track a little bit, was the NBA All-Star Weekend a couple of years ago. So once a year, the NBA holds an All-Star Weekend where like the, the games stop playing for like a week and a half, and they, they pick a city, and they go do this big celebration. They have like exhibition games and dunk contests, concerts, all sorts of fun stuff. But one of the things they have is a celebrity basketball game. 
and Bad Bunny was playing in the celebrity basketball game. And this was like three years ago. I had never heard of him. They're like, this guy's name is Bad Bunny. And he comes out, and he is literally wearing like the pink rabbit hat, like the girl from Bob's Burgers. Have you ever seen that yeah, show? Yeah. It, he literally is wearing like a ski cap that has big – it's bright pink, and it has big <laughs> floppy rabbit ears. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is going on with this Bad Bunny guy? And he just, like, didn't say anything the whole time. He sat on the end of the bench. And then here it is two, three years later, and he's, like, the biggest thing in the country. And I always laughed at him. Now I love his music. Yeah, he's good. He's honestly good. My sisters are obsessed. Really? I mean, they've already seen him in concert. Have they really? Yeah, they really have. They said it's a lot of fun. They sat really, really close. Like, his stage was, like, flat. So, like, they were just, like, behind, like, two people and then like he was like right there like they had like i don't know seats but um but yeah they've seen them that's all we listen to because of them if they're in charge of the radio whatever the music it's always bad bunny but i'll admit at first i was like who is this weirdo yeah I was he's, like, he's kind of a strange cat yeah because some of his music you know it's kind of i guess derogatory but right. like it just when you look past that, like his music is really, really good, especially right now. The first album I wasn't a big fan of, but now I'm like, he's grown on me. He's grown. I, I think love he's him. grown. Period. Yeah. Because like you watch, you look at him now. I was watching the music video for that song we played, and he looks like a, a grown man now. Whereas yeah. before he, again, he was wearing a yeah. pink bunny hat. And I don't know if that was just like a joke or if that's something he did in the early part of his career. Mm-hmm. I like to think of him as like the Spanish Justin Bieber. Because when Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber was super popular when yeah, he was like a true. little tween. Yeah. But everybody else just made fun of Justin Bieber. But now that Justin Bieber is like grown, people still make fun of Justin Bieber because he's Justin Bieber. But like <laughs> Justin Bieber also puts out some bangers, right? Justin Timberlake yeah. kind of made fun of him for being like boy band JT back in NSYNC. Yeah. Now Justin Timberlake is kind of thought of one of the better artists uh, going out there. You said it's kind of derogatory, some of his songs. It's just one of for, the... For a lot of English-speaking people, they don't know that yeah, because say, we don't understand yeah. what he's saying. I don't understand what he's saying. Is it weird to you? Is it cool to you? You may have other examples of this, but growing up, I know I am not familiar with a whole lot of super popularized Spanish songs where mm-hmm. all his lyrics are 100% in Spanish all the time. Is that something that you look at and you're like, this is this is really cool to be able to just drive down and listen to 93.3, hear yes. a Miley Cyrus song, hear all these English songs, and then like, oh, and hey, the top hit on the chart right now, it's Bad Bunny, and yeah, then it's just Spanish and Jay music Balvin too. Like, yeah, it, yeah, Balvin. Yeah. It is. It's nice. Like I'll admit, when I moved here, like, obviously when you're in Cali and you turn on the radio, it's both English and Spanish music, and like here, it's like. Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, right. Justin Bieber. But like, so I love it. I think it's awesome that people that, you know, that the Latino community and music, it's like growing more here. Like, because it's funny to watch people listen to because you're like I said, like people don't know what he's saying. No clue. Like if you like if your mom did speak Spanish, like I love watching my mom's reaction to his songs. Like when my sisters are playing and it's like because he's not like talking bad about women. He's no, like. He's- He's just, you know, saying what he would like to do to. <laughs> he's saying, <laughs> my bad. Okay. He's, he's, he's saying, uh, he's not saying anything worse that's in any English no, speaking song. No, he's not. <laughs> but it's it's awesome because sometimes here they do play it and they don't like censor it and it's it's funny. Like 
because <laughs> I mean they're right. No one's gonna understand. But I love him. He's grown on me one hundred percent, and I think he has so much swag, and he's just he really like does. so chill. Like everyone says, he's like. Like, look, Jackie and Leslie, like, at first were, like, trying to convince me, like, he does this, like, he's really nice, and blah, 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 you know, he does, I don't know, he's just, he's just, he's just cool, 100%. Yeah. I have to show you one of his music videos, okay. but obviously I can't show it to everyone, because they can't see it. But. So you have seen the, um, and if somebody doesn't know who this is, have you seen the, you've seen the I've Corona seen commercial? It, yeah. it makes me laugh every time. Snoop Dogg picks up the phone and goes, Bad Bunny, what's up, player? And uh, player, I put the yeah, ER I was on there. I'm say. such a white guy. I can't. I just can't even help I was myself. Like, that doesn't sound like something he'd say. But okay. <laughs> and but bad money responds, "No, it's playa." Yeah. <laughs> like Spanish for beach. Yeah. I'm like that is. Uh, I don't think I've seen the one with Snoop Dogg. I've seen the one where he's just like chilling, sitting on the beach, and he like oh, looks over at it. like the at the, the camera. I don't know, and he says, "I forget." Let's see, bad bunny, Snoop Dogg. We're just gonna play the ad. This is a free. Commercial here for uh, Corona. Good for them. For Corona. Corona. Let's see. Say, baby, look, look, let me tell you something. See, first thing, you can't be calling on my shell phone. Second thing is, you can't be. No, 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 baby. It's me. My bunny. Bad bunny? Where you at, player? No, no. He's not player. He's playa. <laughs> I'm from Long Beach, player. I know the player. <laughs> <I'm from> Long <laughs> Beach. Anyway, how you living, bunny? You know what he says, though, right? No, I have no idea. Because Snoop Dogg goes, like, what's up, Playa? He's like, no, no, it's not Playa. It's Playa. Playa is beach in beach. Spanish. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> it's not, okay, it's that not is Playa. Funny. It's Playa. <laughs> it's not Playa. It's oh, gosh. Playa. Well, uh, yeah, this is this is now a Bad Bunny show. Bad Bunny fans You're over welcome. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You Carol- are Carolina, you are Thank Carolina. Thank you, Carolina, for Bad Bunny. <laughs> Carolina is in here because it is time to do our weekly NFL picks. Uh, I do not have the score of the season in front of me. The last time we checked in, however, she was eight games up on me. Um, so I'm not doing well. We picked five games apiece against the spread each and every single week at the end of the season. The one with the worst record has to eat a raw onion live on the radio. The bit here. Because I I like to explain the jokes because it makes them less funny. Uh, The the bit here is I like to think I know something about football. They gave me a two-hour radio show for some sort of reason. And Carolina doesn't watch football like like at all, really. Um, So that being – yeah. (laughs) And, of course, she's kicking my tail so far this year. I'm the best. You are the best. You are the best. So uh, here's Carolina Oliveira's absolute lock of the century of the week NFL picks. Let's make some money. Carolina, go ahead. All right. So I have Cardinals at Giants, and Giants are plus three. Ooh, Cardinals at Giants. Uh, The Cardinals have lost three straight games, and the Giants have won four straight. Two teams going in very different directions, but the Cardinals always dangerous. I'm going to go with actually Cardinals minus three. That's probably smart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you always tell me that. Cardinals <laughs> we'll are a good see. team. I'm a big yeah. Cardinals fan. Big Cardinals fans on this show. All right, next game. I've got Titans at Jaguars. Jaguars plus nine and a half. Mike Glennon getting another start this week. Call me crazy. I am taking the Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine and a half. They're going to lose, but they'll keep it close. I have Saints at Eagles. Eagles are plus 6.5. Yeesh. So the big news here is that the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, Carson Wentz, was benched last week in honor of a rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts. 
Uh, so a rookie quarterback getting his first ever NFL start for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what to do. But I don't I'm know. Do... I wouldn't know what to do either. I'm glad you got that game and not me. <laughs> I'm going to do Eagles plus 6.5. Eagles plus 6.5. I know you usually go against the Eagles, but we'll see. Yeah, well, if I go against them, they usually cover. That's mm. why you're killing me. I've got the Chiefs at the Dolphins. Dolphins plus 6, or excuse me, plus 7.5. Chiefs were in a four-point game against the Broncos last week. I think they rectify uh, what was, I think, an embarrassing win because they didn't win by enough. I'll take the Chiefs minus seven and a half. Nice. Well, I have a <laughs> <Nice>. Denver <laughs> at Carolina. Ooh. Carolina minus four. I'm going to do Carolina minus four. Carolina minus four. Quite a few injuries on that defense this week, but I think the Panthers should be fine. I have the Texans at the Bears. This is a pick 'em. I hate both of these teams. Mm, you know what? I was actually impressed by how the Texans made up for the loss of Will Fuller last week. Kiki Kuti had a great game. That is a real name, Kiki Kuti. I'll take the Texans. Pick 'em. Well, I have the Cowboys at Bengals, and Bengals are plus 3.5. That is a hideously ugly game that nobody wants to watch. Well, then in that case, (laughs) I will do – I'm going to go for the Cowboys minus 3.5. Probably a smart play. Three wins on the season, but uh, the Bengals are on, like, their third quarterback of the year. Oh, that sucks. That should be just fine. It's a bummer. Yeah, they've been bad for a long time, the Bengals. Oh, I have Falcons at Chargers. Chargers minus one. I will go with the Chargers minus one. Falcons always make mistakes, and now they're going cross-country. Well, I have the Packers at Lions. Seems like a really great game. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Lions plus 7.5. I don't know. Let's, Let's see. see. The big news I have for the week on this game, Adrian Peterson, who is a running back for the Detroit Lions, says – Football is fun again in Detroit ever since they fired their head coach two weeks ago. Okay, then we'll do plus 7.5 for the Detroit. <laughs> yeah, just since they're having I fun. I was going to say Tigers, but that's baseball. <laughs> this is Lions. They're about probably equally competent on a football field. Oh, no. <laughs> Vikings at Bucks. Bucks minus six. Uh, I think the Bucks bounce back. I'll take the big line there, and I'll take the Buccaneers minus six, and I think that is it uh if you missed the picks well i'm not going to recap them go download the sam avalos show podcast wherever you get your picks tail carolina's picks you will be guaranteed to make some money if you don't um her work address is 1202 pollock street in downtown newburn she works in the front conference room so go bring it up with her wow Thanks. Hope, Thanks for having my back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, we got each other's back going into this weekend. Yeah. Caroline and I are uh, working through some stuff together. Hey, you know, that's what happens at the end of the year. That's right. Just going to go home and uh, cry, a little. cry a little and vibe out to some Bad Bunny yes. and Taylor Swift's new album. No. I don't know. <laughs> Alright, more of the same Atlas show coming up. Have a good weekend.